This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome, one and all, to Big News Wednesday. Not just Big News Wednesday, but in fact, Big Breaking News Wednesday, which we'll turn to in just a moment. But first, we're joined, as always, on Big News Wednesday by Sharon Reed. Sharon, how's it going? I'm excited. It's going great. It is going great. We have a fascinating rundown today, utter insanity on the right. All it took was a couple of scoops of ice cream to make every right wing male in America absolutely lose their GD mind. And we're gonna be talking about that soon enough. Nina Turner versus Anderson Cooper is gonna be a lot of fun. We've got Donald Trump. This is one of the least consequential stories about Trump that we've done in some time, but it is such a petty little whiny baby sort of moment that I have to cover it because that's the sort of person I am. I match Trump in pettiness, arguably I'm better on some other variables. And we will be closing our first hour with the latest unfortunate family legal drums for the Boebert clan. And that's all in the first hour coming up in the aftermath. We've got the Willy Wonka experience, which is technically and experience. And so we'll be talking about that as well as Michelle Obama, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the center of a fascinating political mystery. We're gonna dig into that and see what we can learn. But before all of that, we need to start off with our big breaking news of the morning. Down goes McConnell. He's okay. I understand when you say that with a guy who's like 135 years old, you might think that he's he's fine, he's okay for now. But he is not going to be the head of the Republicans in the Senate for much longer, which means that the likes of a Marjorie Greene and your Matt Gaetzes and the others who despise him, mostly from the House, have gotten their way. And they're already excited about it. We're gonna give you sort of like why he's stepping down the announcement, but the cheering on the right has already begun. Marjorie Greene tweeted, severe aging health issues and or mental health incompetence in our nation's leaders must be addressed. Biden, McConnell, Feinstein, and Fetterman are examples of people who are not fit for office and it's time to be serious about it. I love that her list only includes Democrats except for McConnell uh, conveniently, of course. The fact that Donald Trump's brains are dripping out of his ears, that doesn't concern her at all. And I would also say that while I agree with her that mental competency is something that we should think about more in our leaders, age-related mental competency is the is not the only area that we should be concerned about. Marge, have you heard some of the things that have come out of your mouth over the years? Do you really want us to start to take seriously how sane our elected officials are? I'm just saying. But she is right, he's going to be stepping down. It was announced this morning. He is the longest serving Senate caucus leader in history. 
I think that the second longest serving was about 18 years. He, of course, has been the head of the Republicans of the Senate for one and a half centuries. So I don't think that that record is gonna fall anytime soon. But he's also going to be sitting out the rest of his term up until 2027. And bear in mind, this guy is obviously not young, thus the jokes. He's 82 years old and that's three years in the future. So. He is going to do his best to finish out his term, but we know that he's had a lot of health problems. His hand had that like Dumbledore sort of black patch that came out of nowhere. He has literally shut down on camera a couple of times over the last year. And he says, one of life's most unappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter. And obviously it's up to him, it's up to every elected official to decide when to move on. But I would like to offer a bit of advice. I think that time is like right now. I mean, arguably it was like a decade ago, but it, it ain't in three years. It's at best right now. Go spend time with your family, man. How much more time do you think you possibly have? So anyway, we don't know who's gonna come up after him, who's gonna be the head of the Republicans. He's not endorsing anyone. So probably someone ter terrible, maybe Herschel Walker can get the job. But Sharon, what do you think? It wouldn't matter if he did endorse. Someone because it's going to be whoever Donald Trump says it it should be. Um, mm. I think that you're being kind, but I think 15 years ago he should have stepped down, and I think it should be up to the people and that these people um, like McConnell. And it's not I'm not even discussing his age, although I admit that's a real factor. His energy is not new. His leadership is not inspiring. Leaders should inspire John, and he's just not he's not been doing that for some time. And oh yeah, the frozen moments, um, what comes next, the whole thing. It's yeah. sad that you know people treat these jobs like they're royalty and they're here to stay for life. Yeah, they will do anything to get these positions. They will do anything to hold on to these positions. Sorry, not anything. They won't actually legislate or lead. When they get the positions that are their entire life's ambition, they mostly don't seem to care. Now, Mitch McConnell is not the sort of person I'm talking about. He actually had ideological goals, and I would argue that he probably achieved the vast majority of them during his time. But most of them just want to launch like shows on Rumble and stuff. You can just do that. You don't have to actually become a congressman. Um, but I will remind everyone that in the era of Donald Trump, it is easy to look at like a Mitch McConnell and think, well, you know, he's not going to like Nazi conventions. At least recently, by the way, do some Googling. Um, he's not as he's not the MAGA guy, but he's a bad guy. He was a legitimately bad guy who stopped a lot of aid that could have gone to people who desperately needed it. That was generally what he did. He passed some tax bills and he stopped the government from helping people who aren't already billionaires. That was mostly what he did. He was, after all, the Grim Reaper who stopped bills from passing uh, in the Senate. But they had been passed in the House and he just wouldn't let them pass. Um, the guy who, by the way, spent the last 10 years talking about how he's the Grim Reaper is now perhaps staring down the barrel of the Grim Reaper. So a little bit of irony in a cosmic sense. But I will also remind you that if he should be remembered for anything, it is maybe the most blatantly hypocritical position I have ever seen a politician take, which is surely Barack Obama can't have a Supreme Court justice in an election year. We have to let the people decide. I mean, arguably the people decided when they elected Barack Obama to the presidency, but you're pretending that didn't happen. And then, oh wait, in the last 
three hours of Trump's term, Amy oh. Coney Barrett obviously needs to be voted in. I mean, he look, I say it's hypocrisy. He knows it's hypocrisy. He doesn't care. You know why? Because he got what he wanted. And it is paying dividends for the right on the culture war and much more importantly for them on the financial stuff. So that's what people should remember him for. Any final thoughts, Sharon? Well, as a last thing, legacy and judges are a major part of that, not just at the Supreme Court level. And as speaking of hypocrisy, he's the guy that blocked impeachment as well and said, oh, no, yeah. this is something for the courts to deal with. At first, I think he was like, oh, no, we'll deal with this. Um, so, you know, this is who he is. It's not about integrity, it's about imposing his will. And unfortunately, for most of us, his will 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 live on for a very long time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's not one of these Republicans that's like, so when do we like wrap up this whole democracy thing? Like choo-choo fascism. But he's the sort of guy that makes your democracy not worth a damn, basically. Yeah. He's the sort of guy that makes it not function for anyone that isn't already utterly winning in literally everything. So different sort of bad guy, but a bad guy nonetheless. So be gone. But with that said, we have other news to talk about. A little bit more fun, something that developed thanks to yesterday's Michigan primary. Why don't we jump into this? I don't think for many voters who are voting uncommitted, that they're going to vote uncommitted and then say Donald Trump is my choice. I think this is a. I think this is more complicated than that. Yeah, I do agree with you, Bakari. I mean, no one that I interface with said that they wanted to vote for Donald J. Trump. How there is a however here, and I think sometimes as we talk about this issue, we're making it, we're centering President Biden. We are centering former President Donald J. Trump when the uncommitted efforts is to center the people closest to the pain. And I am young enough to remember, colleagues, when. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib and also Congresswoman Cori Bush called for a ceasefire very early on. They were called abhorrent. Now fast forward to all of these bodies laying in the wake and people who are living through this every single day. By the way, there's also been slaughter in Israel. I was going to say. So there's a lot of pain on both sides. No, I'm not. I'm not. Lecture on the problem. Anderson Cooper feels freed up to be that snarky, which seems about as snarky as he ever gets because that's Nina Turner. Nina Turner isn't on CNN every day. Nina Turner represents the left. So she can come and she can comment a little bit, but don't you try to like make a cogent point? Don't you try to represent people who are never represented on CNN? If you do, we're gonna snark you down. Well, she did a great job in articulating her position and defending it. And you should definitely watch that full interaction. But all she's saying there is you have over 100,000 people who vote uncommitted in this primary. Maybe that is something that is worth looking at. And perhaps if people had listened to people like Representatives Tlaib and Representatives Bush, then Joe Biden would not have to be doing what he's doing right now, which is desperately scrambling to put together statements and kind of a course of action to reassure people that he hears them. There were warnings months ago, but for Anderson Cooper, like no, that, that, that seems like it's challenging Joe Biden. So I'd really prefer we not talk about that. And like, sure, yeah, thirty thousand Palestinians have been killed, but there was slaughter in Israel as well, and there there was that's true. But that slaughter isn't continuing every day. It is not passing fifteen thousand dead, twenty thousand dead, thirty thousand dead. It's not racing towards forty thousand dead. On one side, though, those numbers are still going up every day. 
That is why we're focusing on it. I don't think that that's unreasonable. I don't think there was anything wrong with what Nina Turner said there. Sharon, what do you think? She made perfect sense and this from Anderson Cooper who always screams one at a time, one at a time, but he had no problem speaking over her. She made mm -hmm. that excellent point and you notice there were others who had the look of fear in their eyes. They weren't gonna say a thing because you're exactly right. This is a script, we may call it a, a free flowing conversation, but there are talking points in a script that we don't even have to have pre meet about, Don. They yeah. sat there and they knew where not to go, but not Nina. Mm -hmm. She's going to go there, and I respect it fully. Yeah, Nina Turner, I'm sure, would like to continue to be brought onto panels at CNN. But that is not the most important thing to Nina Turner. Thank her positions you. are and what she sees as being a voice, not not primarily for herself, but for all of the people who right now are thankfully being counted thanks to the uncommitted effort. But they are not limited to Michigan. These people, especially young voters, are in every state. And this is this is not about getting Donald Trump elected. As she said, none of these people are like, screw Joe Biden, I love me MAGA. That's not what it's about. And that's why they're doing it now. It's to send a signal now so he can course correct and so people don't sit out the election in November. The people who are like, don't talk about it, don't pay attention to it, are not solving the problem. They are continuing the problem for the general election. Those who are talking about it now are the only ones who are potentially gonna lead to a solution. And so I understand why people like Anderson Cooper are super worried. They, they get their talking points. They're supposed to pretend that this doesn't exist. And even in the response to this coming from Joe Biden, from the campaign, from VP Harris, they're like, you know, we love that everybody came out. They didn't actually talk about the issue that people were voting uncommitted for. And that is self-destructive, okay? You don't have to agree with this effort to think that they should take it more seriously. Because again, it is not simply going to evaporate. Sticking your head in the sand solves few problems, and this one is not one of them. Since the start of the year, though, at least 15 states have seen cases of the measles, equal to 60% of all cases from last year. Now, Florida has seen the latest outbreak with nine cases so far. So it's not just the spread of violent crime across the country caused by the open border. It's the potential spread of contagious diseases. Oh, thank God. Okay, it's the migrants that are leading to measles outbreaks, outbreaks of other disease. Cuz I was I was worried for a second as I was seeing that map and and it was Laura Ingram was talking about it, how this disease that there is a vaccine a vaccine for is suddenly spiking after years of advocacy against vaccines. I was worrying that there might be a causal link between those things. But thank God it's not that, because you can trust Laura, it's the migrants that are doing it. So everybody continue not vaccinating your kids and just demonize the nearest Spanish speaking person you can find and you'll be fine. I mean, your kids won't, they still won't be vaccinated and they can still get disease and spread it and potentially suffer lifelong health consequences or hell, maybe die from these things, but but you'll feel better about it. And she wasn't the only one pushing this migrants lead to disease talking point. Take a look at this. 
Is there a connection between the number of migrants who are coming into the country not being health screened and the takeoff of some of these things like plague? There will be with plague. There are already with other things like tuberculosis, like syphilis, like flu. If you continue to understand what is happening inside these uh, these holding areas where these families are being kept, they're not uh, they're being overwhelmed now. And uh, you got to wonder from a health perspective, how soon it's going to be until we hear about yeah. a catastrophe yes. and what they might be bringing across the border anyway, because they're not inoculated like we are. We've got people hold, being released from the border right name. now who've got COVID. Wait a minute. Let, I listen kids. to you. You listen to me. They've got COVID. They've got all kinds of diseases. They are being released into the United States. They've got whooping cough and they've got the measles and the flu and they've got rhinitis, chronic severe rhinitis. Okay, calm down, Jadine Pierre. Okay, calm down. Let's set aside how explicitly racist a campaign of fear mongering against migrants because they're dirty and carry disease is. Let's pretend that that's true, okay? Let's even pretend for a moment that they are bringing in diseases. They're bringing in all of these things, okay? If that's true, shouldn't people start to take the vaccines? Like, I know this is a pointless thing to bring up because for the last like almost four years now, the right has been like, the Chinese are sending COVID. It's a bioweapon. It's coming out of their labs. It's intended to kill us, and you should not get vaccinated against it. I don't understand the way they're thinking. All of these things, apparently dirty foreigners are bringing this in and you should just offer up your unvaccinated pure blooded lily white babies to them to get sick and die. That's a weird way to parent, but go off Fox News. Sharon, what do you think? There you go trying to make sense again. It's just a fun argument. It doesn't have to lead to any real solutions or even common sense. It really doesn't. The only thing that's spreading um, is bigotry and hatred aimed at those people. And if you don't want people um, putting your family at risk, Judge Janine, maybe don't keep them in conditions that are not conducive to health and goodness and mental health and families staying together and having a better, a better life, if you will. I just, it's when they say the quiet part out loud all the time that it mm -hmm. starts to like dumb down all of us. It's just unbelievable. It's, they actually have is. friends. This is what they talk about at parties. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, look, if people, maybe you've just started joining, you know, like following American politics. So buckle up, by the way. If you think that we're being unfair in linking these two issues, I want to remind you of some of just some, a small sampling of the anti vaccine talking points from the right. Big medicine led by Tony Fauci was also using its brand and its pedigree to terrify Americans into getting successive COVID shots, none of which were adequately tested for safety. These vaccines are honestly, they're, they're the antichrist of all products. This week, the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices is expected to add the COVID-19 vax to the list of required childhood vaccines. If this happens, your children will not be able to attend school without taking the COVID shot. Now, the problem is there is no medical basis for this decision whatsoever. So you believe that the COVID vaccine is not necessary? I think it's downright dangerous. We need to find some safe middle ground where people know that the vaccine is safe for you, huh. but you don't. Oh, well, what do you mean? You look, you're fine. You're vaccinated. What do you? Oh, 
It's your turn. <laughs> it's your it's your segment. Oh, oh, sorry. Was I not supposed to point out that all of you are spending years demonizing vaccines and every single one of you are vaccinated, that you're utterly lying to your audience, that you don't care that while you are defended, they will not be and some of them will get sick and die. Is that not a part of the grift that we're doing here? Sorry. Anyway, as always, she remains the only person that makes those shows watchable even for a few seconds. So look, if we combine all of these things, Sharon, here is, I think, an indisputable fact. The right is saying that the border is a crisis, but we should not secure it, okay? It's an invasion and we should not stop the invasion. We should kill the border bill. And the people that are invading are bringing disease, but you should not be protected from it, okay? They're bringing all of these things and your kids should get it. So when you look at all of this, it sure seems like the right wants you and your family and your kids to get sick from foreign illnesses. And I get why they're selling fear. I understand it, it's the one commodity they can reliably produce. What I just will never understand is why once you're worked into this frenzy, you can just be pointed in literally any direction. It doesn't have to make any sense. It doesn't have any connection with what you were actually worked up about. And you don't seem to want the thing you're afraid of to be stopped. It's an invasion, but let him in. It's a disease, but don't protect me from it. I don't understand how these people are so worried about the threats they're facing and so utterly disinterested in the threats being stopped. Any final thoughts, Sharon? It's an affliction, and once you are indoctrinated in this way, there's nothing you can do to dig your own way out of it. You almost have to be abducted, I'm not advocating for that, <laughs> and put somewhere and be worked on. Probably for about 72 hours just to see if you're gonna make it through the program. Even as bodies drop around you, they're just not gonna come back to the light. They're not gonna seek the light. I don't care, I just, I, I this, just is, this is the way it is. Biden plans to visit the border, okay, which the right says is a crisis. Sean Hannity is not happy about it. He thinks it's just a stunt for attention. And then instantly he utterly undercuts his own point. Take a look at this. It is nothing in the case of Biden on Thursday, a cynical, sick political stunt by the president. And frankly, it is beyond disgraceful. We will be at the border with President Trump on Thursday. He's just going for the cameras. Now I'll be bringing my camera to talk to Donald Trump. He's going down there and the second he gets to the border, he's gonna hop on Fox News to talk about it. Ah, oh, how about this? How about we find out Trump went to the border a month ago and he met with the border patrol and he met with the people working at these facilities and he met with farmers and ranchers or whatever. And he didn't even tell people about it because it wasn't about the pageantry or the cameras. He just wanted to learn what's going on. Come on, it's never gonna happen. Is Biden going to the border as a political stunt? Yes, he is. You know who else's border trip was a political stunt? Literally every single politician on both sides of the aisle that has ever done it. And it ain't just Democrats. I wanna remind you of Ted Cruz, who's gonna get in on a little bit of the inconsistency too. Take a look at this. They asked me, do you have anything to say to Joe Biden? I said, come to the border. He announced today he is coming to the border, but I'm here to predict he's gonna do what he did in El Paso, which is hide every illegal immigrant and put on a photo op that's fundamentally deceptive. I'm down, 
the Texas border, along with 18 senators. We made the trip to see the crisis that is playing out. We're at the edge of the river. On the other side of the river is Mexico. The other side of the river we have been listening to and seeing cartel members, human traffickers, right on the other side of the river, waving flashlights, yelling and taunting Americans, taunting the Border Patrol. What a douche. I love it. We're here at the border in a bush. We're really in a bush. And, and I think there's water over there. And I hear them taunting me. Somebody called me a gringo. What are you doing, man? That is the most embarrassing political stuff. <laughs> Step out of the bush, Ted. Are you trying to hide? Like if I were in public and I was Ted Cruz, I would probably hide in the foliage too. But that is one of the most ridiculous stunts. Oh, but Joe Biden is doing this just for the optics. Whereas he's got his little camo vest and his little <laughs> rucksack and everything. And he's like, yep, this is a boat. Sharon, what do you think? I thought I saw zebra grass. I'm not sure he was at the border. I don't know what he was looking. I think he was in his own yard. I have zebra grass. It's lovely. It grows very mm -hmm. tall. Okay. It breeds mosquitoes. But other than that, I don't know what to believe with this guy. Okay. Because it's just one thing after another with him and the camo outfit that looked like it was right out of central casting. <laughs> it, he invited the guy and will Hannity bring, you know, Curtis Silva with him wearing a red beret to deal with these, you know, migrants. Mm -hmm. um, it's just laughable. Joe Biden hit everyone. Where? In the zebra grass. I don't know <laughs> what, what else, what can we really say here? This yeah. is your life, America, look at your life. Maybe Joe Biden wasn't hiding the migrants. Maybe uh, Texas is just covered in tall grass and you can't see them. It's yeah. like when you go to see a jaguar at the uh -huh. zoo, it's like, I think I saw I, a tail. I uh, don't know. Is that Ted Cruz? <laughs> Did somebody let loose a wild possum over there? I saw a flash of fur. I'm not sure. Anyway, that's that's what they're saying about the border. Now, those <laughs> dueling border trips are happening. And we, of course, will be responding. We're going to evaluate which was the more cynical political stunt later this week on the damage report. Mm -hmm. With that said, we do have to take our first break. Stick around. We'll be right back with more. I feel like our clock is inaccurate on the end of that thing. But anyway, as I was saying, did you know that JR still produces content for the watch list on a daily basis? And he has been this whole time. You should definitely go check it out. He's putting out a lot of great work there, and it's available on YouTube. Okay, with that, we're gonna jump into some more news. We'll get to more of your comments later on. But for now, let's jump into the dumbest news, starting with this. As the world is burning, Joe Biden is licking his ice cream and it's pathetic. We were all warned as children that they all scream for ice cream, but we didn't take the warning seriously. And now they're screaming over at Fox News. See, President Joe Biden did the Seth Meyers show. And as part of the show, they went out and got ice cream. And obviously, that is the worst thing that's ever happened in America. But it isn't just pathetic, it goes way deeper than that. Here's Jesse Waters to break it down. You know who lights up for ice cream? Children and the elderly. There's a reason caregivers deliver ice cream to their patients in nursing homes. According to the Alzheimer's Association, ice cream is a favorite for people with diminished faculties. Quote, ice cream has the power to immediately elicit soothing feelings at the very first taste of a single spoonful. 
It erases all the negative feelings related to the frustration and continues to stimulate pleasure receptors in the brain with every new scoop. Now, obviously, I'm not diagnosing Biden with Alzheimer's, but you see what's going on here? I think I do see what's going on here. Ice cream gives you Alzheimer's and not eating ice cream gives you Biden derangement syndrome, I think is what's going on. Because yet another thing that I didn't think was a big issue becomes an issue thanks to Biden. So you can't like Taylor Swift anymore because of Biden. You can't even like football anymore because of Biden. You also can't like ice cream anymore thanks to Biden. That's all true or I mean, I suppose the other possibility is that they're out of their GD mind just looking for literally any stupid thing to criticize Joe Biden for. And they went all in on it, man. They were making graphics and stuff. They had him, I guess, driving an ice cream truck, but he's eating the ice cream. The people who drive it don't eat the ice cream, the customers do. So why is he in it? I don't understand what their graphics artist was doing, but I do know that graphic design is very much their passion. Now, Jesse Waters has a far more conspiratorial and I would say deeply humiliating theory of what is going on with the ice cream. We'll get to that in a moment. But Sharon, does he have Alzheimer's because he's eaten a scoop? Maybe he just likes ice cream, just as Time Magazine exposed then President Trump, who his staff, I mean, this was an extensive interview, his staff remarked about how they had to kind of get ahead of his desires and how he wanted two scoops of ice cream instead of just one that everybody else got with his chocolate cream pie. I mean, ice cream is Americana, okay? He can't help it, he didn't want it to melt. He was asked about Israel, the crisis in Gaza. So he answered, he licked and he answered, what's the big deal? <laughs> he licked and he answered. Biden 2024. That should be on the t-shirts. <laughs> um, yeah, he can he can do both. He can lick an ice cream cone and he can answer yeah. a question while doing it. He doesn't necessarily have the positions on those issues that I would like him to have, but he can do both. I have not seen Trump do that. Trump needs both hands to drink a glass of water. You think he's multitasking? But anyway, I also want to point out that Jesse Waters actually, for the first time in maybe any topic, did research for this stupid as hell theory. So he looked up something that the Alzheimer Association put out about ice cream. And he says, it gives like a pleasurable sensation from the first lick. Yeah, it's sugar and fat. It does that for everyone. You don't have to have Alzheimer's to enjoy the first lick or the first scoop or the second scoop. That's what ice cream does. And when he's like, uh, young people and the elderly like ice cream. I do have to give it to him, he is right, they do. You know who else does? Everyone. Ice cream is delicious, that's why we sell so much of it. What the hell is wrong with you? But I don't just mean over the Alzheimer's stuff because as I said, Jesse Waters has, I think, deeper concerns about Joe Biden eating ice cream. Take a look at this. Ice cream, you know my rule. About right. men eating soup in public. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's manly to go like that with a soup and you're blowing on it. It's just not a good look. I think <laughs> the same thing for ice cream. You should save that for vacation. Mm. A grown man, especially the president, should not be licking ice cream mm. in public.
Okay, so add this to the list of the apparently many things that everyone else just does and doesn't have a second thought about that he is worried will make him seem gay. And we'll even set aside that he apparently has a category of activities that he thinks, oh, you do that on vacation. Sure, it makes you look gay. You do that in private. You don't do that where other people can see, which maybe we'll dig into that at some point. But look, I have to say that I'm convinced. Uh, eating ice cream as a man is weird, it's creepy, and according to Jesse Waters, it makes you gay. It makes you a gay man, that's just the way that it works. Sorry, it doesn't make you a gay man, dear viewer, but I guess, I guess according to this photo, I guess it makes him a gay man, I suppose, or at least weird and creepy, because he didn't have a problem licking the ice cream cone then. But who cares about Jesse Waters? You know, at the end of the day, that's not what's important. I think he's actually calling someone else gay because in this photo, uh oh, <laughs> looks like Donald Trump is the weird creep who's licking the ice cream in public. That's right, America, come back to me. You heard it here first. Jesse Waters calls Donald Trump gay. That's just the logic of what he said. Trump is creepy, weird, and gay, says Jesse Waters. So tweet it out. Flood the AP should be reporting on this. He's a gay man. Sharon, what do you think? I think it's so silly. These antiquated, you know, thoughts about what makes someone gay or straight or I don't know, whatever you want. What would Jesse say about a guy who blow dries his hair? I can tell you because there was a whole article on foxnews.com about it. And the title was Jesse Waters reveals the trick to his perfect hair. And he said, I just started blow drying it. I don't have an opinion about that, okay? Look at my hair. I'm just saying that this has to stop. Can't we judge people on their policies, mm -hmm. on their thoughts? And if you don't have any, can't you just shut up? I love the the like faux humility of Sharon there. Look at my hair. Your hair looks immaculate. <laughs> what point do you think you're making in being humble there? But anyway, yeah, look, as a guy who also just kind of recently started blow drying my hair. It was longer before, get off my back. Um, yeah, you you can just <laughs> so do brave. these things because they're not actually about your sexual identity, your gender identity. It has nothing to do with any of that. And I say this in case Jesse Waters is watching this. Dude, if you like soup, just eat soup, man. Mm -hmm. Like if you like using a straw, which according to photos you do, just use a straw. Eat the ice cream. You know what is manly in that probably outdated old fashioned way? Just doing what you want to do and not constantly looking around like, is this gonna make me look gay? That's not alpha, John Wayne wasn't doing that. He was like, he was handed like a tin of hot dogs and beans. He was like, I don't know about these hot dogs, man. I don't wanna come off as gay. That's not alpha. And if you're a young conservative watching this, do not look up to men who are gonna make you Twitchy and full of anxiety and terrified of what, like what you're giving off to the world. Just be you, man. That's confidence. That's old fashioned masculinity. John, just one thing, and I know it's a little off topic, but can I just request that he use a paper straw? Save the turtles. It's something my I daughter agree. is I do really agree with that. into, and I just would prefer it to paper straw. Hundred percent. I agree. That's a good point. Really fast, just to close this out. It's not even just Jesse Waters that is doing this. Uh, Greg Kelly complained that it was some sort of weird boyhood fetish thing with ice cream. What are you talking about, man? It's dessert. Donald Trump loves big chocolate cake, chocolate cake, the biggest chocolate cake. You know who eats cake? 
kids on their birthdays. It's like a weird fetish thing with him. And then you have this guy, Clay Travis, who I don't even, I'm not even 100% sure that he's a real human. I feel like they just, they did like clones of Ben Shapiro and there's a million of them. But anyway, he says Joe Biden eating ice cream while answering reporter questions about serious issues isn't charming. It's super weird. Do you know grown men who go get ice cream by themselves? I don't. It's very strange. He is very worried about that. Now, I will do a pointless fact check. He's not alone. He's with Seth Meyers and a bunch of producers and a bunch of reporters. It's a massive group of people who actually seem to get along going out to get ice cream. I'm sorry that that strikes you as weird, Clay Travis, but it really does. Because he tweeted about it multiple times. He even put out a poll asking if other people think it's weird, which no, they very much do not. So he was destroyed in his own poll. Okay, and then he responds with just a dude standing around licking his ice cream cone by himself. It's weird. Am I on an island here? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, but you don't have to be. You can leave that island. You, for some reason, ended up in crazy town. That's the only town that's found on that island. But like, you can just shrug off these bizarre self-imposed fears over your masculinity. You could just be an actual human, a real man in practice and join us as the group of people that sometimes we get ice cream, sometimes we don't, sometimes with friends and family, sometimes we're alone. We're just doing guy things. Feel free to join us anytime you want. Any final thoughts, Sharon? I mean, if These Clay people. is on an island, that could explain things. I mean, Tom Hanks was talking to that ball. I mean, you just <laughs> lose perspective, okay? I want him to enjoy the ice cream. Get happy, lay off X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Everything's going to be fine if he'll <laughs> just stop. Just stop. Anyway, I just now I'm imagining Clay Travis like in the ocean and there's like a scoop of ice cream. <laughs> Wilson, it's like, I'm sorry, ice cream. I'm sorry. That sounds beautiful. Where can we send him? Good movie. I'm gonna have to watch it that. It was again. a great one. It was great. That was a great one. I really did like that one. Okay, well, with that said, we're gonna take our second break of the show, but stick around. We've got even more fun stuff after this. Okay, everybody, we only have a little bit of time, but we have two interesting stories. One light, the other deeply distressing. So buckle up as we launch into both of these. We know that Donald Trump is a petty bee, amongst the pettiest actually. But we have a new excerpt from an interview that demonstrates how deeply petty, how deeply childish, how deeply small he is. And it comes out of the E. Jean Carroll trial. So in that trial, which I will remind you because I will never miss an opportunity to remind you, he now owes something like $90 million to one of the many women um, that he uh, both abused and then defamed. Um, we know that Roberta Kaplan was the lawyer there. And she has already revealed that at the close of the trial, he effectively called her the C word. Okay, he did it with by saying, see you next Tuesday. You probably heard this when it happened. And that makes him look bad, I think. But wait until you hear the way she described how it actually happened. So she was doing an interview and she says, at day's end, before they all parted ways, Trump's team, the legal team, or you know what stands in for a legal team, asked if he could say something off the record, okay? So his legal team broaches, Trump wants to say something, but he doesn't wanna be quoted on it. And she said, Roberta Kaplan said, you could tell that they had kind of a joke about it. It's at this point that Trump looks up at Kaplan and says, see you next Tuesday. 
And so I said to him, what are you talking about? And coming back on Wednesday, which was when the Carol deposition was. And then I didn't know anything until we got in the car. And my colleague who was much younger and hipper said to me, Robbie, you know what that means? And I said, no. They told me and I said, "Oh my God, I'm so glad because I would not have kept my equanimity, which is just a great lawyery way to end that. But I love every single part of this. It would be one thing, America, if Trump, who deeply despises women, never forget it, loses big time and then just like under his breath says, see you next Tuesday. Because that's already embarrassing. It's misogynistic and it's terrible, but it's also embarrassing. Because he wants to call her the C word, but he can't just say it. He has to say out the words, but it's not even that. He has the lawyer say, hey, um, Trump really, he has this thing that he wants to say. It's really pathetic. He's super giddy about it and he wants to say it, but he's also worried about owing another $100 million. So in advance, before he says the thing, you can't sue him over this, okay? It's off the record, okay? And then Trump's like, see you next Tuesday. And then on top of all of that, and that's deeply, deeply embarrassing. She didn't know what it meant, which means, and she didn't find out what it meant importantly until later in the day, which means he finally gets to do the thing that he wants to do. He's been waiting, it's been burning inside him to say it. And he says it, and she doesn't know what it is. So he doesn't get to see her even be offended by it. And she walks away and he's just sitting there, a sad, impotent man who now has about $100 million less to his name, who couldn't even say the misogynistic insult he wanted in a way that actually elicited a reaction. And maybe the fact that I love this so much makes me petty, but I submit to you, America, he is still a pettier bee than I'll ever be. Sharon, what do you think? I mean, I don't even think you could work your way up to being as petty as he is. I think it's the same as those Brandon people. I didn't know what that meant forever. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's this little inside sophomoric, you know, frat boy type humor. And it fell flat from a woman who's very serious about her business, $90 million mm-hmm. later. And it's a shame that people are still, you know, coddling this guy. Okay. Saying, look, we want to do, you know, we have a little toddler here. It's as if I came over and you said, listen, <laughs> I've got some lemonade, mom baked cookies, but we have a baby and so it's something <laughs> you know it's just craziness okay how old is this guy how old mm-hmm. is this guy who was being sued by the way for what okay i understand it was like defamation but what did he lie about and this is how you want it a yeah. tuesday it's just sophomoric a <sighs> tuesday you're totally right. like it's got that energy of like yeah Hey, um, my my little kid's shy and she wants to take a picture with you, but like he's, he doesn't want to come over here and it's got that or like, Cover like your when mouth your and little giggle. brother has gotten yeah. you to do something. Like it's just it's so deeply he likes pathetic. You. Okay. Yeah, he likes you. Just like wave at him or something, it'll make him feel better. <laughs> it has it has wave at him, it'll make him feel better mm-hmm. energy. And and even if it had worked, this is a guy who just lost 90 million dollars. And all he has is to try to call her the C word. God, what a pathetic failure. Anyway, and I love that like he's a misogynist and you don't often get to put like a price tag on a person's failings, but his misogyny has already cost him over $90 million and that is awesome. Anyway, with that said, we do need to move to um, our final story 
of the hour. Everyone buckle up for this. Lauren Boebert is trying to stay in the house by jumping districts. And all she really needs right now is no more drama. No more personal drama, no more family drama, just smooth sailing. But Lauren Boebert has a bit of a problem and it's named Tyler. Technically, she named the problem Tyler because it's her son, Tyler Boebert, who unfortunately has run afoul of the law a whole lot, okay? So this was released by the Rifle Police Department. Rifle is the name of a place in Colorado because it's Colorado. And so you can see there the mugshot of Tyler Boebert. He's facing four counts of criminal possession of a financial device, four counts of criminal possession of ID documents, one count of conspiracy to commit a felony, four misdemeanor counts of ID theft, three misdemeanor counts of first degree criminal criminal trespass, three more misdemeanor counts of contributing to the delinquency of a minor, and three counts of petty theft of less than $300. It is a lot of charges. According to jail records, he is still in custody. It is possible that by the time we're recording this or by the time you're viewing it, that that might have changed, but that's what's true as of right now. And look, I just want to say, Lauren Boebert has been the center of like a vortex of a lot of craziness and bad news, okay? And I understand that I don't like Lauren Boebert as a person. I think that she's a genuinely bad person. I think that she has been viciously Islamophobic towards Ilan Omar. I think that there's a lot about Lauren Boebert that I don't like. And look, it is her kid. And in theory, if it was Rashida Talib's kid or something, I have no doubt that Lauren Bober and all of the right would use that as a way to attack Rashida Talib or insert another person. It's a family thing and it's her kid, but that doesn't mean like she shouldn't be in Congress, is all I will say. Maybe I'm a Buzz Killington. Maybe you didn't expect me to have that take. Like all of the stuff with her husband, like, it seems like a deeply troubled family. And not all of that is on Lauren Boebert. Maybe almost none of it is on Lauren Boebert. Maybe Lauren Boebert is a victim too in this. Because like Jason Boebert, her now ex-husband, was arrested on assault charges after he shoved his thumb into the mouth of one of their, their sons. And she got a restraining order. And it sounds like he was hassling her too. And like the whole thing is just. It's really uncomfortable to talk about, but like I know some people are gonna be like, see, she shouldn't be in Congress. Go take care of your family. But like, no, that's not, you get to have a career, okay? It sucks what's happening with her family. We don't know who's to blame or whatever. Life is complex. I don't like any of it. And I don't think that Lauren Boebert should be in Congress. I just don't think that these are the reasons for it. Sharon, am I wrong? What 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 do you think? You're 100% right. Sometimes Good parents raise kids who run into difficulty. Sometimes bad parents contribute to their kids' difficulty. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I will tell you that she's caused a lot of drama in Congress, and that's one of the reasons she shouldn't be there. That and the fact that she does no work. But she said Mm -hmm. she was done fighting with Marjorie Taylor Greene and others because she was now a grandmother. You know, Tyler is a teenage father, and she wanted to. Be more mature. And I think in this circumstance, the son getting in trouble yet again, I think people can be mature and leave, perhaps leave him out of it, even though she brought him into the spotlight and just focus on all the things she doesn't do right or all the things she just doesn't do. That's yeah. enough. That's enough right there. You don't have to judge her as a mom or attack her, her son. That should be off limits. 100%.
But what is not off limits on this show, it's not helpful on this show. It never accomplishes any of this show, but it's not off limits is checking people's hypocrisy. So I am going to do that. I don't know to what extent she's responsible for this. And I don't, I don't like getting involved in people's families. Okay, so right wingers, maybe you could take that on as a general principle that you let families sort of govern themselves. So I'm not gonna do that. What I am gonna say is she has been willing to attribute blame under far more tenuous circumstances than her son to her. She once, I think this is back during the 2020 social justice movement. And you know there was a lot of chaos in that year. She tweeted, damaging any property that is not your own is a crime. Nancy Pelosi's failure to lead this country in the right direction is shameful. How far have the Democrats fallen when they're too afraid to admit that destroying property is wrong? So she, so Nancy Pelosi's responsible when people destroy property? So then are you responsible when your son destroys property? I mean, Nancy Pelosi doesn't even know these people. And wait, why is Nancy Pelosi responsible? Donald Trump was president at the time. Why isn't he leading the country in the right direction? And I will also just remind you, in terms of talking about families and criminality, she has not been silent on this topic. Mm. She once tweeted, the Biden crime family will go down as the most corrupt political family in American history. But in her defense, that tweet was yesterday. So she's probably changed as a person and no longer thinks that we should be judging a family as being criminals. Although if one wanted to, you could edit her tweet with a few mug shots and come up with something like this. Oh my. I mean, can you imagine if Joe Biden's family was filled with this much criminality? He already gets a lot of criticism for the fact that Hunter Biden has run afoul of the law. And they think judging Joe for Hunter is totally legitimate. Now, I don't agree with that, which is why I am not judging Lauren Boebert for what her son has done. And I hope that this family is capable of finding some peace, some stability. And I'm not saying that cynically, I literally mean that. And in the meantime, I do feel kind of secondhand bad for her because like she's she's trying to run for Congress. Could you not break the law for like a month? <laughs> Mama's trying to keep her seat, buddy. Like I just, as a new parent, that's gotta be very frustrating. Sharon, any final thoughts? Well, I'll just say this, it also doesn't help that she's tough on crime often without due process. I mean, Trump tweeted out, remember when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And I know she liked that at the time, yeah. she liked that tweet. So you know, this is a woman that doesn't like due process for others. And so perhaps she will reevaluate herself in the 24 hours since that last tweet. Perhaps, perhaps it's enough time, I think. I think so. Anyway, that's all the time we have for the first hour of the show. So thank you everybody who's been watching and those of you who've been listening on the podcast. As always, we appreciate your support. There's more to come in the aftermath coming up after this.